Well, Harry, it's fantastic for you to be on the ball with me today. Yep. And it's even better speaking with a king. But Kano's a little bit jealous. <laughs> Kano was the king, yeah. Well, we went to Nigeria with Kano. When you got to the airport and the hotel, you realised he was the king. Thousands of people there to meet him. And when he used to ring me up at 11 o'clock on a Sunday night to tell me that he couldn't make training next day for the warm down, because he didn't feel well. He used to just leave a message. <laughs> Hello, Gaffer, this is the king. I can't make training tomorrow. I've upset Tummy. And uh, he didn't want to come all the way from London to come in just for a warm down. So I used to, in the end, I said, look, don't bother ringing me. Just don't come in on Monday. See you Tuesday. But he was fantastic. I loved him. What a footballer. Yeah. Kenu. Incredible. Incredible player. Yeah. And that just marked your career. Just incredible man management. But on the yeah. opposite hand, Dylan Tombidi's yes. an incredible player. And yeah. you actually met him, didn't you? Yeah, and his mum, I met his mum and, uh, yeah, such a sad story. Yeah. You know, amazing young man, great young footballer. Had his life taken away so so early, you know. And he was special. He was playing for yes. chemotherapy. He was in the first team squad. He was yeah. on the cusp of make his debut yeah. in the Premier League. But what would have it been like, can you imagine, as a manager coaching a player who's undergoing chemotherapy? I don't know what it might, would have been like as Just a manager. Just his workload. As a, as a parent, to have a boy who's going to fulfill, fulfill his dreams of being a professional footballer, playing at one of the biggest clubs, you know, West Ham, a great club to play for, and then suddenly get struck down with that. I mean... I don't know. You, know. you can't imagine. No one can. No one knows until they've been there. So, you know, it's an incredible, sad no, story. No, it, it's heartbreaking. Mm. Yeah. And it's even unimaginable. Bobby Moore went through testicular mm. cancer yeah. two years before he had the World Cup. Do you yeah. remember? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I remember Bobby having the operation and we were teammates. And uh, so, yeah, that was, uh, I do remember that. But Bobby, you know, his, his life did go on, even though it was cut miles too short, you know, Bobby's life. But for Dylan to lose his life at such an early age, you know, really. 20 years. 20 years, just, just uh, unfair, yeah. unfair. Yeah, yeah, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And as we are a Testicular Cancer Foundation, yeah. what's your ballsiest moment? Oh, I don't know. Um, that's an Australian word, is it? Yeah. I don't know. We're not, not sure what you mean by that, really. Ball, yeah. Ballsiest meaning that you've taken a leap of faith. Oh, loads of times I've done that with taking jobs and signing players, signing Paolo Di Canio when everybody says I was crazy because I was walking a tightrope with no safety net under me. As one journalist wrote a big article in one of the Sunday newspapers, he said De Canio would get me the sack, but he didn't. De Canio was fantastic. He was a genius. I loved him and I loved watching him play and the things he could do. So, But you have to take chances in life. If you don't never take a chance, you know, you'd, and that's how it is. I went back to Portsmouth from people said never go back. I managed Portsmouth, went to Southampton. I went back to Portsmouth. People said you should never go back, but I went back and kept them up when they were bottom of the league that first year. And then we won the FA Cup the following year. So... It was a chance. It's a gamble, you know. I don't look back if it doesn't work out. I'm not a person who thinks I shouldn't have, you know, I made mistakes. Of course I have. Yeah. But, you know, if you don't have, take a chance, you'll never, you'll never know. And uh, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, 
I'm a gambler by nature, and sometimes you have to gamble. Sometimes you win, sometimes yeah. you lose. Yeah, it makes me think when we're in that Italian restaurant in Bournemouth and we're all singing My Way. Frank Sinatra, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, brilliant. He yeah. said he was rolling in his grave. Frank, turning his grave, uh, yeah, and me sing it, but... Uh, I'm sure I not. Actually, I actually did a show at the Albert Hall, a one-man show, and uh, I'm in my dressing room, and on the wall is the biggest pitch you've ever seen oh. of Frank Sinatra when he was at the Albert Hall and uh, I remember sitting there on my own, no one in the dressing room. I said, Frank, I'm so sorry. I said, I'm embarrassed. I said, this is ridiculous. I absolutely love Frank Sinatra. Yeah, yeah. Don't be embarrassed though. You've got no. beautiful dolce tones. Maybe it might be on the voice, Harry. I don't think so. No, I think no, definitely not. No, <laughs> yeah, no. maybe the voice then strictly, who strictly, knows? No, strictly is definitely not for me. I can't, <laughs> getting out of his chairs hard enough, oh. I love dancing. Oh no. But you said we shouldn't go back, but I would really love to. And your dad, Harry, wow, he, he took you to see some players, Tom Finney, yeah, you yeah, think of Danny Blanchflower. Yeah, yeah, How back. do you look back on, on that time? Yeah, it was, it was pretty fantastic. special. My dad was a fantastic footballer and non-league player. He came, was a prisoner of war, came out from back from the war in Ger you know, with Germany. Um, but he could really play and he was football mad, sport mad. My dad lived, lived for sport. That was his whole life, really. Very poor, poor family in East London where, you know, his brothers and sisters and had a really tough upbringing. But football was his life and he took me to football. He went, we'd go, if Matthews was playing in London somewhere, we'd go and see Stanley Matthews, Tom Finney. We'd go and see Tom Finney play, whether it was at Fulham. He worked all week to get the money to take me to football on a Saturday with him. So, yeah, it was, it was, uh, and then late in later life, obviously, he used to travel every week to watch Jamie. He'd follow Jamie all over the country, watch Liverpool. He'd get in his, get the train all on his own and uh, go up and watch him play. He loved it, you know, just, he lived for, he lived for football. Wow. And Bill Nicholson thought you were really Stanley Matthews. Uh, no, he said to me, Bill Nick, when I went to meet him, I was only 12 and I'd just been picked up by Tottenham playing for East London under 13s and went to meet the great Bill Nicholson, arguably Tottenham's greatest ever manager. Would be the top. The last trophy was under Bill Nick. He would have been the top. No, not the last no? trophy. No, they won one under uh, Premier won, League though, or First Division. Yeah, oh, to win that. Yeah, but they won a cup since yeah. then. That you know, but Bill Nick had the double winning team, the sixty sixty one team, incredible team of players. You know, and Bill Nicholson was was a, an amazing manager. He was a bit of a Dow Yorkshireman, really. But he had a, he had players like Dave Mackay, Danny Blanchflower, John White. Uh, then, you know, the team after then, then Greaves, Jimmy came the year after, Jimmy Greaves and Cliff Jones and Terry Dyson and just all these great players. So it was an amazing, amazing team. They won the double. It was a double winning team. So Bill Nicholson, when I went to meet him with a scout with Dickie Walker, who, asked, who took me along there, and he said to me, do you score goals, son? I said, not many. No, not really. He said, well, I only know one great winger who didn't score goals, and that was Stanley Matthews. He said, I don't think you're going to be as good as him, are you? I said, no, I don't think oh. so. And he was, he was right. So, uh, but no, Stanley Matthews was in, still playing in the top division at 51. 51. 51. 51. When people used to kick lumps out of you. Aggressive. People lifting him six foot in the air when the ball came to him. Muddy pitches, 51 years of age. Who knows, Messi and Ronaldo might go to that age. But that, it is an incredible yeah. one. Yeah. Amazing, amazing player, you know, amazing, amazing man. Player. Yeah. 
Yeah, as, um, as important as having a hero when you're growing up. I know you love Duncan Edwards so, so much. Well, Duncan Edwards was, you know, I was only 10 when he lost his life. I saw the last game the Busby Babes played pre-Munich. You know, they played Arsenal at Ivory and it finished up 5-4. And uh, they flew out from there to play in Belgrade in the Euro European Cup, Champions League, as we call it now. And they stopped to refuel in Munich, in, uh, in Munich. And uh, and then when they went to take off, the snow had come and the plane had got frozen, the wings and whatever. And after a couple of bolted takes off, take off, they finally tried to take off again, and it ploughed through the end of the runway. And all them young, lot of them young boys, that great Busby babes, yeah. they all lost their lives. And Duncan Edwards was one of those great players that passed, that got lost his life. Excuse <coughs> me. Excuse me. Just devastating. But yeah. what a squad, though. It was an incredible group. But yeah, they were the Busby Babes. They was all kids that come through the youth team. Bobby Cholton was a great footballer. Bobby Cholton was an amazing player. He played in that team. But there were so many of them. Tommy Taylor, Coleman, uh, Duncan Edwards, Roger Byrne. Just a, a great group of footballers, young yeah. players who were taking over the best team in England. They were... Yeah. And suddenly, you know, but what was amazing about that time, we had no TVs. We didn't have a television. Uh, we followed it through the newspaper. Every day you bought the newspaper. But every day at school, we all said prayers. And the whole country back in them days, there was no nastiness. There was no one was like, you know, everybody was, uh, it was after the war, you know, and people were, and when you went to football, you stood and you, you stood with other people from the other team. And the whole country mourned every team every person it was everyone was in mourning for that great man united team you know I, I get upset when i hear the other day uh you know the the, the, the cup semi-final you know where the people abused you know the minute silence for the hillsborough uh i just find that incredibly you know just unthinkable sick. Really. Yeah. but it didn't happen back in them days mm. the whole country we all, we all came together in mourning for that great man united team yeah because it's just yeah so i was i was, many the, I was the man united supporter but i love football and i admired all them great players you know the, their memory lives on mm. and you may have not had a television but you found the most beautiful picture with Sandra at the two puddings. Oh, yeah. Was it the mullet that won her heart? Oh, did I have a mullet? Uh, yeah, I went there. We used to go there and they used to have a dance on a Sunday night. And uh, so me and my mate Colin McElwurf was a young goalkeeper at West Ham. Uh, we were only 17. And we got there and it was, it was, we didn't go there to drink. And he went there and it was dancing and Motown music from the 60s, you know? Yeah. And then there's two girls dancing around their handbags and we went up and asked them to dance and that was how it started. Wow. And uh, we've been together ever since. Yeah. Been is, amazing. Is that why your knees are playing up now? Too much Motown? Dancing? No, no, I wasn't very good dancing. No, I, was, I used to wait for the slow one to come on at the oh. end. <laughs> you yeah. just picture run beautifully. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How did you know Sandra was the one? Because oh, I remember no. we're at that restaurant in Bournemouth and... Mm. And you said to the waiter, please, let's just play that song for me. Gladys Knight, oh, the yeah. best thing to ever happen Absolutely. to me. Absolutely, the best thing that ever happened to me, for sure. That's what she was, yeah. So now I just fell in love with Sandra from day one, really. And we've never been apart since, so it's been a great time. It's just beautiful to see. Yeah, just yeah, inseparable. Yeah, a great marriage, yeah. Well, did that, oh. 
Oh, okay. One more question. Couple, yeah, couple, yeah. Yeah. Did it make it so hard when you went into the jungle and yeah. you were separated? Yeah. But did not, you think when you all? Oh, not being separated wasn't a problem. Because it was only, but she'd had sepsis, and uh, mm -hmm. I thought that uh, when they said oh, I'd go out and leave the leave the camp, I thought Sandra had been taken ill again. That's what. That's where I got a bit emotional. But no, I mean I missed her obviously every day. But it was only when they. You know, I just thought, oh, my God, she, I knew she hadn't been well prior. And I thought the sepsis, you know, was a problem. So, but no, because sepsis, people don't realise, you know, more people That's... died with sepsis last year than died with a lot of the three major cancers. Oh. Sepsis is a real killer. Oh. So, uh, It's yeah. life-threatening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And did you think when you were going into the jungle and you walked, not through the door, but when you walked in, did you think, oh my goodness, I'm back at QPR here? No, why? Because it was appeared just a jungle. No, QPR was a good time. I enjoyed it. I had a great chairman, Tony Fernandez, and we uh, we end up, you know, win, getting winning the playoff final at Wembley, Bobby Zamora scoring. So, no, I had a great time at uh, at QPR. Like I've everywhere, you know. There's always, as I say, there's ups and downs, and you know, it's a roller coaster, isn't it? There really is ups and downs in life. And what would be your take-home message for anyone watching this at home about men's health and being open and, and speaking mm. about testicular cancer, but a whole range of yeah, different health issues? Yeah, if you have any issues. problems, talk to someone about them, you know, mental health problems, whatever. There's always somebody who would listen to you. So don't bottle it up and make yourself ill. You've got to go out and find somebody to speak to, you know. Um, and the other message I say is, I say to all young footballers, be nice to people on the way up because you meet them on the way down. Give people your time. Be nice. It doesn't cost anything. Don't, don't get carried away. And you've been so nice and amazing to me. I'm so yeah. grateful for Good. all the moments Reece. we've shared. Good. And, uh, Even we if it was in Jordan. We went to Bournemouth last week and watched Bournemouth uh, play. They had a great win last night. So they're going to get promoted back to the Premier, which is good. West Ham are going well. Tottenham going for fourth place. Portsmouth, you know, I'd love to see Portsmouth get back up there again and QPR. So, yeah, and Southampton. I love all the clubs I've yeah. been at. Almost as much as Jordan. That was good experience. I loved it. It was great. Good fun. Yeah. Good talking to you, Reese. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so Pleasure. much. Pleasure. Pleasure. Harry. Good man.